Hi, my name is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Before we start with the podcast, I have a few things that I'd like to mention. The first is that we've set up a special email address where listeners of our podcast can send in questions related to Agile, Agile transformation, basically anything about Agile at all. Just send your question to soundnotes at leadingagile.com. You can send it in text form, you can send a WAV file or any kind of audio recording of yourself asking the question, even video would be okay. What we're going to do is take the questions that we get, and in a future podcast, I will be joined by a few of our enterprise transformation consultants. We'll talk about your question. We'll talk about some possible solutions, some ideas, some things you might try when you get back to work, so that if you've got something that's going well, you can make it go better. And if you've got something that's not going well, we'll give you some suggestions or strategies for things you might try to change to make it go a little more smoothly. So again, any question about Agile or Agile transformation, just send it to soundnotes at leadingagile.com. You can send it as text, you can send it as an audio file, or you can send video, whatever's easier for you. We just like to get a lot of questions from our listeners so we can start to incorporate that into the podcast that we've been doing. Again, soundnotes at leadingagile.com. The second thing I want to mention is we've set up a special discount code for podcast listeners who are interested in taking one of our CSM or CSPO classes. You can find a list of all our upcoming classes by going to leadingagile.com training. We're currently doing classes in Atlanta, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and San Jose. So just go to leadingagile.com training, find a class you'd like to take, and enter the discount code SOUNDNOTES to receive 10% off the list price. Now, on to the podcast. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile's Sound Notes. So today I have a new coworker of mine, Katrina Coker, has joined the interview for the day. And we're going to talk about a subject that is not specifically related to Agile, but I believe is a very important part of being productive at work and doing Agile things as well. So Katrina, thank you very much for taking time out of the day. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. So before we get into the topic, can you talk a little bit about the role that you play? So at Leading Agile, I have taken on two roles. I My main role is that I am an engagement analyst, which is a new role here at Leading Agile, which I'm really excited to be a part of, to where we, me and the other engagement analysts are going to be kind of a liaison between new, new senior vice president roles and the consulting on the ground and the brand team serving as essentially kind of doing some administrative backup work with the consultants and the SVPs, but we also are working with some internal processes, working on some onboarding packages, and if there's any formal documents that need to be reformatted, we're going to be helping with some of the marketing of that. But then the other side that I work with is I serve as an an executive assistant to Dennis Stevens, who is the chief operations officer. And that's kind of a role that I've taken on, which is also a new role at Leading Agile. And I will probably not be doing that long term, but it's just something that was a need in the company that I've been happy to fulfill. And it's actually given me a great opportunity to see the different parts of the business and how different departments interact and so I kind of move my time between those different type of roles. So I'm kind of doing a few things with Leading Agile at the moment. Okay, cool. So I think I think the fact that you've got that the executive assistant role is great. I I did that for a number of years, and um, I think it's one of the things that taught me a lot about servant leadership, but also a lot about 
business and how people work and seeing how executives interact with people um, and, and realizing that, you know, like my job was to make somebody else's job work. Um, I think that that's a, it's a, it's a powerful thing that a lot of people don't, don't always give enough credit to or as much credit as they should. I think it's, it's a big part of being good at the work that we do in the agile space. So. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, it's actually a great opportunity because I I just tell Dennis over again that I'm here to make him shine because he has a lot <laughs> in his his head and and also he's just very busy and I want to make sure that I can get done the things for him that he doesn't have time to do or shouldn't be spending his time on. Like, and so I'm excited. And we would all like that. to thank you for helping Dennis. Because we know he needs it. Oh, he's he's great to work with, actually. So uh, we have a good communication flow, process flow going on, and so it's actually gotten in a good routine. Cool. Is- All right, enough about Dennis. He's he's sucked up enough time. Let's talk about something else. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. So the reason that we're doing the interview today uh, is because um, when I was kind of putting the the final. I guess, adjustments on the new version of the personal agility canvas, um, you and I started to talk and, and you were you, you were willing to fill it out. And the way that you filled it out actually changed the way that I ended up presenting it. It had a huge impact on it. So I'm very appreciative of that. But okay. one of the things that came up was uh, accountability partners. Um, so I would like to give, I'll give my quick version of it, but then I'd like to hear if you can talk a little bit about your experience with it. I think that would be, that would be great. Is that Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So I was at a conference uh, several years ago in a session, and, and Lisa Atkins was asking us to do a bunch of stuff. And I was writing this stuff down thinking, you know, I know I'm never going to do this. And then I turned to uh, Jesse Fuel, and Jesse and I exchanged the list of things we were supposed to do. And we set a time frame. Um, and it took me, actually, instead of a month, it took me a whole year to do the things. But the fact that I knew I had made a promise to one specific person was a big motivator for me. And I've had other work that I've done where I've asked people to act as my coach or accountability partner where their job is basically to call me out on stuff and not let me get away with things and burden me with with uh, guilt in a very positive, motivating way. So um, I guess that's sort of my my version. I think even at conferences and stuff, having people that you make a promise to every day about what you're going to do, just like we would do on a scrum team, I think is is a strong thing. Um, and when I mentioned that you had your own story, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I can go ahead and say that I grew up playing sports. And so the team atmosphere being coached and, and improving uh, both physically and mentally has kind of always been something that's been part of my life. And then just, I worked with a ropes course and team building and communication. And then that kind of progressed into, I went with, I started out majoring in communications, but then ended up changing international business and essentially later got my master's in conflict management. So open communication, open dialogue just comes natural to me. I would say I, I wish that I was a little bit Better, better at managing my emotions during that time, but it's something constant feedback, coaching, bouncing ideas off. I'm very much an extrovert when it comes to that. Even if I don't need the person to respond, sometimes I just need to say it out loud. So with my 
current circumstance, I know when you and I were talking about going through the personal the canvas agility or personal agility canvas, you were saying, oh, you know, the accountability partner, I'm sure that doesn't apply to you. Don't worry about that. But ironically, I actually have had an accountability partner for almost almost about five months now uh, that it was a previous coworker of mine who she is from Russia and she recently moved here from Russia on her own and she is very meticulous, very detailed and she said she just came to me one day and said, hey, um, would you be interested in being an accountability partner for me? And at, at first I wanted to clarify because I wanted to make sure it wasn't something that she was seeking like from a, from a spousal perspective of someone, you know, to really be together all the time. And I know that sounds funny, but that was my first reaction. And, but what it turns out to be, she's like, no, we just need, I just need somebody to bounce off our ideas and to, to encourage each other. And it just originally was going to be a phone call every day about what we did that day to accomplish our goals. So I want to interrupt you there for a second. Yeah. So if, if people aren't familiar with this idea, it is very similar to what you'd experience in a daily scrum, except instead of having a team of people stand around committing to one another, in this case, you might just have one other person. Um, and, and regardless, like I've done it at conferences where it is, you know, today I'm going to meet with three people. Um, and the next day I have to report back on whether I've done it or, uh, when I was doing personal Kanban, I had somebody help me with it. Um, and this person was, uh, asking you to, to play a similar, similar role. They were going to commit to stuff and they needed somebody to, to be in that with them and to be their witness and sort of, I guess, monitor almost. Absolutely. And that, that is exactly what it is. I mean, you, you could essentially say it is a daily stand-up because it, it, ironically with scrum meetings, my understanding of daily stand-up is it usually happens the same time every day. And it's just people going around saying what their current tasks are and what they're working on and what do they want to be done basically by the next day. And that is what my accountability partner, my friend, her name is Olga, and originally we were just talking on the phone every day, but just because of schedules, it works out that since December, basically, we every single day, we text each other <laughs> with the things that we accomplished that day to work towards our goals. Okay. And now, basically, we kind of get together at least once a month to really do, I guess, somewhat of a sprint. <laughs> or a retrospective, maybe. A retrospective, yeah. It, it kind of has been both things because it has been looking back on the past and planning for the future. So I don't know if that's really the de- if that's what happens in a retrospective. Well, retrospective, yeah, it is. I mean, you're looking okay. at what's happened and you're trying to figure out what observations you can make, what it's telling you about how things are going, and then you're making a commitment to how you're going to change or what you would like to change in the future. So... Absolutely. And that is exactly what we do. I mean, even it's, I guess we did meet at work, but it wasn't just career goals. I think that was the original intention. But then when it came out to where we had some personal goals that we wanted to work on, whether it was from physical to uh, 
personal, like spiritual goals, intellectual goals, uh, even emotional goals, and to where we just make a list, okay? It's more of a brainstorming of everything I want to do and then revising that list. Now, Olga has been great for me as an accountability partner because when I start writing down my goals, I can get quite overwhelmed <laughs> with all of my goals. I'm looking at I'm actually looking at it right now and the whole page is filled with just bullet points of things that I either want to do, even even from like doctor's appointments that I need to schedule uh, and the same thing with her just to because that includes your overall health. And it, she's been really great at saying that previous mentors or previous accountability partners say it's really good to focus on five to ten at a time. I think that's that's an interesting idea. So yeah, there's. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how you approach it. But having that list, I would say that's probably a really good thing. But being able to prioritize it and figure out what you can do in a shorter amount of time is probably the key to making it actually helpful. Yes, and that was re- that was probably has been probably the most helpful for me. But then, aside from that, having someone to really encourage because I found out just recently that she had actually written down my goals separately, so she could push me towards my goals. See, I think that's and to me that's one of the things that makes it so valuable. When I did uh, I did a project in personal combat, and I had a guy coaching me on it, and he acted like an accountability partner, and there were things he asked me to do and to keep track of that he was also keeping track of. And he didn't ask me to do anything he wasn't also doing. Some of it didn't make any sense to me when I, when I was asked to do it, but um, it did help me see things in a very different way. Um, and and I don't know, it was, it was a very powerful thing to have somebody who was willing to be that engaged in what I was trying to do. Absolutely. I felt very honored. I also felt really crappy because I hadn't done the same thing. I mean, I knew some, I knew the goals that she wanted to accomplish kind of overall goals. But when I, when she was sitting next to me and I could see that she actually had the same bullet points written down for the things that I wanted to focus on, it was, it's kind of like, wow, somebody really cares that much of wanting to help me accomplish my goals. Because for a while, when we first got it started, I was really overwhelmed with a, a previous job and just a lot of things that were going on in my life. And so I was there to encourage her. And at one point she said, oh, let me know when you start achieving so I can <laughs> check them off. And it is like, because she, she's also, she speaks English very well, but English is not her first language. <laughs> so when it comes, when she says, you know, let me, I, I can't wait till you actually start achieving. So she's super direct. She is very direct, but in a kind way because she's also very sweet. But when it comes, again, you got to remember, I'm also doing it text messaging. So when you read the text message, you're like, man, I really got (laughs) to come up with something that I got to really accomplish something soon because (laughs) I'm looking like a loser. Yeah. So so when when she first approached you about it, you mentioned that you weren't entirely sure what she was asking for, whether it was some sort of emotional or, or other kind of commitment that was maybe far more than you were able or willing to, to be involved with. Looking back now, are there, like, let's say that I was brand new to this idea and I'm listening to the podcast and I'm thinking, that's a really cool thing. I could really use that. Do you have suggestions as to how someone could could bring up that conversation or what they could ask another person to make it clear 
you know, what they're actually looking for and that it's not like, let's go live in a special commune and have 17 <laughs> spouses. Um, not that there's anything, there's nothing wrong with that for people who do live in communes with 17 yeah. spouses, but that's not what we're talking about here. No, and she would probably, she actually probably be very embarrassed that I even thought that, but she'd think it funny at the same time. Uh, I, I would say if you were trying to, if this is something that you really desired in your life, say, I would say be also be very direct and say, you know, hey, I've got a lot of goals that I want to accomplish in my life from small things to what I've got to do the next day to where I see myself a year from now. And I am looking for somebody to hold me accountable for that. I would love to help someone out and to be able to reciprocate what they're helping me with. And, but I'm really needing somebody to really push me and, you know, make, let, let me not get away with anything. Yeah. And, you know, I would say specifically, I, w- I call that an accountability partner because in the U.S., those are really common terms. If you're not in the U.S., you might call it something else. But I would say be very direct about what your expectations are, what you're looking for, and then maybe somebody else is interested in either helping you or they may be seeking the same thing because that's, for me and Olga, it is a, a mutual need that we were both looking for. But I would say, but really the difference is if it's not mutual like that, I guess it could be more of a mentor accountability. Well, that's, that's sort of the the thing that I want to go at because to me, it sounds a little bit different than a mentor because that's more one way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also wondering, so you guys knew each other beforehand. Do you think that this is like something that you would go to like, you know, your best friend and say, Hey, be my accountability partner. Or is there too much emotional, subtext there for them to be able to be like the, Hey, get off your ass and do something. Um, That's a great question. And this is actually something I have done kind of in an informal sense with my friends, mostly related to there were, this is kind of funny. It brought up. So previously there was a friend of mine, her new year's resolution was that she wanted to have a new experience every month for the year. And, she was the idea person. She put her ideas down, but she wasn't as good about actually making them happen for whatever reason. But she let me know them because she knew that if I knew what she wanted to do, I would <laughs> You'd schedule be it. giving her a hard time. <laughs> I, or it. I would be the one be like, okay, so you, one of the things is she wanted to go whitewater rafting. And so I'm like, great. I love whitewater rafting. When do you want to go? And, but then off of that, then later, I was the one that, for New Year's resolution, I wanted to do a new physical outdoor recreation activity every month. And so that was something that she was able to help me with. And I've had family members who said, okay, you haven't done this. You haven't done anything this month. You need to get, exactly like you said, you need to get off your ass and you actually need to get out and do something. Or you sign up for that 10K in a month and you haven't been training if you don't want to die, you really need to get up. Yeah. Now, now, do you and do you and Olga have any kind of working agreements or parameters around the interaction? Like, that I know if, if you were going into a conflict question. thing, you'd want to be careful about that. But this could potentially be like, hey, call me out on stuff, but you know, back off a little bit too. <laughs> right? mm, we actually, that's a very good question. No, we don't. I do know that I did present her a goal recently. 
And she said, that's not realistic. And I probably was a little offended. So you, you suggested a goal for her? No, for me. <laughs> oh, and she told you it wasn't realistic. Yeah. And so, you know, I was a little offended, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to ask somebody to give you feedback and be your accountability partner, you kind of got to be ready for whatever they say. Yeah. So I would say I have, I'm a firm believer in don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. So by me, I guess we have an unspoken agreement that we are both signed up for this partnership to where we're going to encourage the other person in their goals, but we're also going to kind of give them a reality check. So it's not written down. I would say the only thing that we have agreed to is in terms of parameters is that it's every night at 10 o'clock, a text message. And, and we recently decided that we were going to meet in person once a month. I mean, we, we, we see each other in person too, but not, 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 not for that. Yeah. So this yeah, is, so, this is when you're together doing this, it's a specific type of interaction. Yeah. So we call them our aims or that's what her term is it. So the, the goal, I call them goals. She calls them aims. So we have a session to review our aims slash goals and it's, so I would say that's really the formal, the only formal parameter that we have. Well, I, one of the things that you mentioned that's great is like if you present something and she, knowing what she knows about you, thinks it's maybe a bit of too far of a reach, she's going to call it out, um, which is which is what you want. But I would think also you have – there may be things about your life that you know anybody who knows you'd be like, yeah, that's the thing you have to fix. But if Absolutely. you're not re- ready and willing to take that thing on, you just – you don't have to bring that up. Right. Absolutely. Or, you know, when we, we actually, so I think I even told you this on the personal agility canvas, one of my action items was to review the canvas with my professional counselor, which I did, but I also wanted to review it with Olga as well, because it did include some, some goals that I, I wanted to get to, but both my professional counselor, as well as Olga, they're not familiar with agile. Okay. Agile. Excuse me, Agile. I know that's the proper You can say it however you want. Aguile (laughs) is fine. Aguile, yes. That's funny. So what's your professional counselor? So I have a counselor, psychologist. Okay, okay. That's what you want to call. I mean, it's just a professional. It's a counselor. I don't even think she's a psychologist, but um, I do go to someone because more of the emotional goals that I have. But that's that's also a pretty awesome thing. Yes, it's so it's kind of she also serves somewhat of the mentor because I am a very emotional person. And so there are just some things that I need someone to generally talk through a situation before I enter it or that I can kind of bounce off. And I think somebody like that also will help you develop sets of tools in the same way that a coach in a gym would or an agile coach would. I mean, they're helping you develop things you can use in the world around you when you're trying to interact with other people. Right, exactly. And so, you know, the I think the thing that I really like about the accountability partner with Olga specifically is that it also is a friend. And she's, I, I can tell her my different goals for every aspect of my life just because she's my friend. Because I have mine separated into emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual, and career goals. Right. Just because that's just 
how my mind works, but I may not be able to talk about all of those with a professional mentor, someone at work. I may not be able to talk about all those, even a professional counselor, because they may, it may be too much, but I felt like with the accountability partner, I can say, this is what my life goals, these are my life aims. So it's interesting. One of the things that's interesting to me is a lot of people try to keep separation between their work life and their personal life, but it doesn't sound to me like you have that so much as you have with certain people. There's certain elements you leave out. Like I, I was um, really impressed when you filled out the canvas. You included the spiritual stuff, which no one's done before, and that completely changed the way that I looked at it, and it became a big part of the presentation. Um, which I hope opened it up to, to other, you know, another thing for people to think about when they're considering the changes that they have to make to adopt well, this other state of working. That's wonderful. I mean, it really is my faith background dictates everything I do. But I will say that I recently was a part of an organization, and I'm still a part of them, I just don't go to as many activities, called the Young Catholic Professionals here in Dallas, where it's about working and witnessing Christ. And I will say... While I openly go to daily mass, while I openly go to church and people know that, being a part of that organization, which was a spiritual networking, essentially, was sure. saying that we don't have to separate those two. And, but I say that because I, I in, enter a lot of relationships, I guess, to help hold me accountable in a variety of ways. Yeah, so I, one of the things that, I mean, this wasn't the original topic that we started out with, but but it's cool or it's gone. And one of the things I'm wondering about is it almost sounds like in in your, just the way that you're working and living your life, you have found um, different people and different areas of of interest that are all set up to not only provide you with the nourishment you need to be able to do the stuff you need to do um, from a self-care standpoint, but also to to hold you accountable, to keep you in check, to make sure that you are doing the right things in the right way at the right time, or as best as possible. Um, it also sounds like this is sort of, you, you're one of those people who is very driven towards self-improvement, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Which is which can be problematic at times, too. <laughs> you because... probably need to have somebody there to be like, you know what, just sit down and have some chips and watch some TV. Absolutely. Just go have a margarita <laughs> while you're at it. Exactly. Or five. No, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with five margaritas, especially because it's Cinco de Mayo. It Happy Cinco is. de Mayo. It is perfect number. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's why that's why I would say probably not only being able to speak openly to tell someone my goals, because when I say things out loud, it's more likely to happen, or when I write them down, but to where I have someone there going, okay, let's focus on the most important things that you need to get done right now that are going to make or break you. And then let's go through saying, you know, we don't have to do this all tomorrow. We don't have to do this all this year. It could be span over years before I go to the beach. I don't know that that's just one that I want to go on an international trip once a year, but someone that can say, is that going to kill you if that, if that doesn't happen or guess what? It's October. And is this something that you really want to do? Now, but, do you do you prioritize all these things that you want to do? Um, I do, but with the help of Olga. 
Okay, because I was going to ask, do you have, when, when you're working with different people, do you come up with a different priority when you're interacting with each person? Because that could, I can see where if you had like five or six people, you'd be like avoiding this one and then this one, and that one's the one you can hang out with, um, depending mm-hmm. on how you decided what you were and weren't going to do. At least that's how I would dysfunctionally handle things. No, no, I, I generally can say this is what I know needs to happen this is what I know needs to take place or what are the most important things to me right now. Somebody just recently said, if it's not a hell yes, it's not going to happen. And I would say that's pretty much where I've gotten into my life recently as to where I, I, in previous years I have overcommitted myself, even my personal goals, but even in, in my time. And I just want to make sure that, everything I'm doing that I'm really passionate about and that I'm giving as much of my energy as I can. And so I have to narrow it down based on that. Cool. So if, if there's somebody who's, who's listening to this, we've already talked about kind of how to approach the topic of asking somebody else, but what do you think, is there any kind of like internal inventory or self-reflection that you would suggest somebody do before they enter into this because it doesn't sound like something you'd want to enter into with another person lightly. Uh, absolutely. I would say there are probably three things that I would count. Well, me having a spiritual background and I believe in God, I would pray because I would pray for the right people to come into my life to, to help me be as successful as possible. And and just to pause, in case people aren't praying people, they could right. meditate or do whatever, just reflect absolutely. on it. Deeply. Yes, absolutely. Two, uh, be ready. Be ready because if you're saying it could be even something that you are, you want to apply for a new job or you're ready to get married, you're ready to apply f- for a job that you're not even sure that you're <laughs> qualified to do. Qualified yet. Right. You're going to have to be ready to act. And so if I feel like it's going back to the thing, don't ask questions you don't know the answer to, but it's really that if you're going to ask somebody to hold you accountable, you're going to have to be at a state of mind in your life to where you're ready to be held accountable. Cool. Okay. But then the third part of that is that being open-minded, being ready to commit and finding people that are ready to commit and being, and, and saying, this goes back to, I guess, your question about how to approach someone. Yeah. You know, I think it's someone may not have the time or energy to commit to this. Honestly, even sending a text message every night does take a little bit of energy because that person is committed. So you want to make sure that it's something that's on your radar. Right. And and it's okay if someone's not available or not interested. But I would say that's something to be open about. You can be a good accountability partner to someone, but finding someone that is at the same place and has time to to be committed. Yeah, and I I would like to add another one as well. You have to have the courage to be able to be the one to hold the other person accountable because I can see where a lot of people, especially if you are, I mean, good friends, where you'd be inclined to let that person slide. And in this context, your job is not to let them slide. No, because even if it's something to where that you, you want to do better at your job, like for example, for me, I'm very emotional. To be able to hear you were in the wrong, or I can see where they were coming from, 
you've got to be able to be open to hearing that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, that person's not always going to be right. And you can say, I appreciate your perspective, but sometimes they will be. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you and find out, or just ask you some more questions about this or how you went about it, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Okay. You can reach me via email pretty much all the time at katrina.coker at leadingagile.com. And my name is Katrina, like the hurricane, K-A-T-R-I-N-A, and then dot C-O-K-E-R at leadingagile.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at Katrina Coker. Cool. All right. Thank you very much. Um, And tell Olga, thank you as well for being a part of this. (laughs) I will but, uh, certainly. I did. I did tell her that I was going to be talking about this, so she she was excited actually. Cool. Well, if she ever wants to do an interview about it as well, that would be really cool. Um, maybe we could have the both of you talk about it together. Um, anyway, thanks very much, and uh, talk to you soon. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.